Today on another episode of Real Ghost Stories Online that 10 out of 10 porta potty operators agree could help to fight tooth decay and lost enamel. When a single working mother of two young children finds a moment to get some rest, she is quickly disturbed to realize that something unexplainable is taking over her body, a feeling that leaves her terrified night after night. That story and much more today on Real Ghost Stories Online. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your real ghost story now at 855-853-4802 or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. That indeed it is. 855-853-4802, the phone number to call and share your real ghost stories with us. Here on the program, welcome. If uh, you're new to uh, finding us, now that we're in the uh, month of October, of course, it's everybody's favorite month. Uh, so, uh, welcome. We uh, got uh, the world's largest audio archive of ghost stories to offer up to you, uh, as well as bonus episodes, like 400 some of those, uh, with some of our spookiest ghost stories ever on, and new ones still every single week. Uh, as well as advanced episodes of the show and all of it with no commercials, no ads. If you like this, you want that, have it year-round, then go to our website, ghostpodcast.com. That's ghostpodcast.com. And you can sign up to be an extra podcast person. We call them EPPs. and get access to all of those things. You can also go through the Patreon app, uh, patreon.com slash stories, or you can find the link there at ghostpodcast.com. It's Tony and Harper Bruschi with you on the, this uh, episode of the program. What's going on? It's the spooky season of the year. It's officially October. Really? Yes. I thought it was still September. Well, as of this airing, it's officially October. Okay. So yes, you have to you have to play the game there, and you're supposed to be like, "Yes, it is, Dad. It sure is. It's <laughs> October 6th. So try again. It's that spooky time of the year. It's finally October. You're right. It is finally October. <laughs> Just be happy we're not doing like Christmas specials in July. Because oh, that... oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, they're slowly replacing their decorations at the at-home with Christmas stuff, and I'm calling them imbeciles for that. They've been doing that since, like, July. It, it was really no, weird. August. August. I go, I go into at-home probably roughly once a week. Uh, and it's usually to kill time, but I like looking at all this stuff and I don't think they ever like fully put an aisle of Halloween up. It was always kind of like, Oh, it looks like there's more to come. And then nothing came and then it all went to Christmas <laughs> and, and there's like all stuff in the middle, but I'm like, ah, now know, it's, uh, if you're going to get your Halloween stuff, you got to get it early now. Thank goodness. I started in July. Honestly, but uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's Halloween time, and I think everybody's excited about that. Uh, got the uh, outside done, got the inside done, and just when you're like, all right, finishing touches on everything, yeah, ho ho ho, time to make it Christmas. Which in our case, I'm just going to put Santa hats on skeletons, <laughs> and suddenly it's it's the holidays. Maybe make uh, their eyes. Ooh, that'd be kind of fun. You put some Christmas lights in their eyes so they glow. Or wrap wrap Christmas lights with this. Ooh, I should I should have the skeletons wrapped in Christmas lights, but comically. Like skeletons trying to wrap each other in Christmas lights. <laughs> and there's one that's like glowing. 
yeah, like his arms in the air and these two skeletons on the other side are like holding the Christmas lights like they're trying to wrap them. Oh, that would be funny. <laughs> I think I'm going to do that. Or another thing you could do, you could wrap the graves in Christmas wrapping and put Santa hats on the <laughs> skeletons and have them put be... Put bows around the graves? And uh, just like Christmas wrapping paper? You could do that too, but they wouldn't really be able to see the grave and you wouldn't know what it was. And then you... But I, if you're trying to hide the graves and make them look like presents, yes, you could do that. <laughs> I don't know that I want to do that though. I think I like the I like the look of the graves better than a bunch of random presents in my. <laughs> plus the the wrapping paper would get wrecked in yeah. the. Um, but yeah, the more ways we can convert just current holidays into the next one by just a few things, the better. So we'll uh, continue on to Easter. We can just leave the tree up and throw eggs at it, and. <laughs> we eat a lot of eggs in the house so we'll just rinse them out and toss eggs onto the tree and by the time uh easter comes around well look at all those eggs on that tree yeah did that all by hand no we're not gonna do that that would smell horrible uh 855-853-4802 is our phone number at real ghost stories online to share your real ghost stories with us first story says well i was young i had several paranormal experiences this is a short story but it scared the crap out of me at the time, I'm currently 43 years old, a married nurse with two young adult children. This story happened to me just about 12 years ago. At that time, I was a single mother of two young children. I was also working full time and going to nursing school. Sleep was a luxury as I spent as much quality time as I could with my children. I had no family in the state that we were living in. We had a black lab mixed dog named Malcolm. He was an amazing dog and made me feel like our little family was protected and loved. I always waited until after I put the kids to bed to start my homework, which meant I was up until 1 to 2 a.m. Malcolm would lay on my feet under the kitchen table as I worked. One particular night, I had not been asleep long when I woke to Malcolm growling. I was laying on my left side facing the closed walk-in closet. Malcolm was in a protective stance. His hind legs behind me, front legs in front of my stomach. He was in a position that appeared like he was preparing to lunge off the bed at any second. My eyes were open, but I saw nothing in the darkness. I was filled with the most intense sense of fear and panic. My heart was pounding. At first, I had no idea why I was frightened. Had a stranger entered the house? Was something wrong with one of my children? I thought perhaps I was experiencing sleep paralysis, but I was able to move my fingers and my feet, which I did very slowly as not to be detected. I laid there in complete terror while Malcolm started to snarl for what felt like several minutes. I could not see anything anymore. I then started to hear a male voice whispering. It was quite soft at first, coming from the area of my closet. It sounded angry and menacing. I had the impression that the voice was trying to intimidate me. The whispering became louder and much closer, like a man spitting out resentful words inches from my face. I had the distinct feeling that I had to pretend I did not hear anything in order to make it go away. That's what I did. For some reason, I can't remember what was being said. I remember feeling that the words were meant to break me down, to make me feel not good enough. I laid there trying to breathe evenly, eyes squeezed shut, trying to fake that I was still asleep. Malcolm was now full out barking. It was a bark I'd never heard from him. He was ready to tear into something. My mind was trying to come up with an escape plan. Could I make it out of the room without being grabbed? 
Would I be able to get to my children? What the hell should I do? Abruptly, the whispering stopped. I shot out of bed, flicked the lights on. There was no one in the room except Malcolm and me. He was now quiet and pacing in front of my closet. Without thinking, I flung open the closet door. Nothing but my clothes were inside. There was no way I was staying in that room another second. I got my children out of their rooms and we spent the rest of the night downstairs in the living room. They fell right back to sleep and were never aware that anything had happened. I never had another experience like that again. We lost Malcolm to cancer two years ago. He was with us as I became a nurse, bought a house, and found the man I'd marry. He stayed until he knew his family was safe. I'll never forget the way he protected us. Aw, another cute dog story that sadly died to like a couple years later. After the ghost. Yeah, I it's um I got I'm, I'm petting a buddy here with my foot right now. Ah! And he's just like, "Yeah, I like that. Thank you." It's funny cuz he usually gets right up. But I think he knows that we're talking about dogs and he's just like, "Oh, that's cool." But yeah, I like I like the dog stories where they uh, seem to they seem to know far more than we give them uh, credit for or understand. I'm waiting for the app that uh, artificial intelligence can maybe teach us what dogs are saying. Oh, they, yeah. they are working on that. There's somebody. Really? Yeah. Why? Like, what do you mean why? Would that be interesting? Wouldn't it be neat? That would be interesting, but it's kind of scary the more you think about it. Yeah. Uh, I I wonder how many people's pets would become homeless if if that that came out. Because are we going to find out like a lot of our pets really hate us and resent us and they're they're saying these things all the time, but we don't really know it. And suddenly you realize your dog hates you. I think they would put a whole new dynamic. Like you think, oh, they love me so much. And they're just like constantly. I'll have Sting pick up my outfits when that when that thing comes out. That'd be exciting. Yeah. Hey, guys, Sting. Can't wait for that. I don't know. I, I could see something of that nature. Like, is this like a collar that like attaches to them? I don't or know. I it, have no idea. I don't know. Or just like wirelessly blue. I know there, there's some your dog. There's some algorithm trying to figure it out through uh, the audio, like barking, like different types of barks, what they mean. Well, Sting doesn't really bark to me. Neither of them really bark, but sometimes they do make noises. You know, and, and the noise and the noises they make are like Roar. almost like words because it's like oh, there's there's like a rhythm to it. So I, I think a lot of times like a bark is almost just them like saying hey, 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 like they're they're trying to point out because they're they bark at like a door and it's, they're like hey look out hey hey hey, um, but sometimes when they're not doing that it's not to alert us of something. It's like oh, it's like they're talking and to us. Cats do it too. I wonder if they're cussing us out. I don't. I, yeah, that's that's what I wonder sometimes. Uh, Are you cussing me out, you little dog? Eight five five eight five three forty eight zero two is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Next story says: When I was in college, I worked in a daycare facility. Without naming the exact company, this particular facility had a sort of lighthouse on the top of the entrance. After getting to know everybody, I started hearing stories about Jose. I never met, or I've never been a particularly strong believer in the paranormal, probably because I scare easily and try to ignore anything strange or unexplainable. Some of the teachers would tell me about how all the children in the infant rooms, roughly 6 to 18 months old, would be randomly babbling away to someone or something playing alone. You could get their attention. You could even ask them 
who this person was and they would all search the room and point to the part of the room where this individual child was playing. Being the skeptic I am, I didn't believe any of this even after witnessing it myself in the classroom. A couple weeks later, the cook told me a story about how Jose would play games with her. He regularly arrived at the daycare center between 4.30 and 5 a.m. in order to have breakfast ready for the children that arrived at 6.10 a.m. She said that she knew for a fact that she was the only person in the building, but the phone in the kitchen started ringing. The phones had called her ID, and it showed that it was a particular classroom calling her line. She ignored it, but the phone calls continued from every other classroom in the building. She eventually called her husband and demanded he come to the building. He found her locked in the kitchen, scared to death, and holding a very large knife. Her husband found that the building was empty, and they chalked it up to Jose playing with the phones. I still didn't believe much about any of this until it started happening in my classroom. One day, I had to split my class into two groups. One group was playing with the toys in my class. The other group was sitting at tables in the classroom with me working on a project. The way the class was set up, the toys the kids would play with and the phone in the room were positioned closest to the door that led to the main hallway. It was a long, skinny room. and The tables and kids there I were sitting at were located at the back of the classroom. I was in the middle of instructing an art project and my class phone rang. I paused my activities and went to the phone. The caller ID didn't read any particular room, but I didn't find it that odd. I answered the phone, but no one was there. Shrugged it off, hung up, walked all the way back to my tables, and the second I sat down in my chair, the phone rings again. Annoyed, I got up, got to answer it, but there was no one on the other line again. This happens two more times in a row, and eventually I said, Jose, I'm done playing. And that was it. The phone didn't ring again. I smiled and went back to teaching my kids. About six months later, I had moved on to a different daycare center. I'd been asked to sub for one of the infant rooms. While feeding one of the babies, the other teacher asked which daycare I'd come from. After telling her, she told me that was the exact center her father-in-law passed away in. It was a construction worker and was up in the lighthouse working on installing the panes of glass. Something happened and unfortunately he fell to his death. She told me that he was a very caring person who loved children, but he was also a prankster. I told her the stories I knew from the daycare center and she could only smile and nod. She was pretty certain it was him. I'm still a skeptic, but this experience has left an impression upon me. I hope you enjoyed it. Love the podcast. Thanks. If I died somewhere, I like somewhere like publicly, I would totally like mess with everything mm-hmm. and mess with everyone. What would you do? I would scare them. So if you died, in, like in this case, installing a, a pane of glass at a daycare center. It doesn't matter how I die. I you, will you, just... So you, you're at a daycare center? You want to freak out all the children? Yeah. Why? Like, That's yeah. mean. So? Well, this this person was like playing with them. and Because I think a lot of them would probably see you, which doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be scared of you. Because well, if, if they see you as just another person, exactly, they don't realize that you're a ghost. <laughs> but the daycare workers will. Oh, so you're you, okay. Yeah, you, you'd be freaking <laughs> them out. Yeah, I, I, I would have a lot of fun with that, but I wonder at some point would that get old, and then what do I do? Like I'm freaking people out. I've freaked people out every which way. Now what? You freak the parents out. Well, I mean, I'm saying you go through everybody, and it, I don't know. I guess you just keep traveling the world and finding new situations to mess with people. Go to the Paris. Go to, go to the Paris? 
<laughs> not, not Paris, but the Paris. <laughs> Go to Paris. I went to the Paris. <laughs> the little town in Arkansas. No. Called the Paris. That's not what yeah. I meant. Yeah. Let's go to the caller. Hi. Halloween, 1976. I was five years old. My mom, my sisters, and I all went trick-or-treating. This is Sheboygan, Wisconsin. So my mom and I all went trick-or-treating. I was the Hulk. And we came back home by about 8 o'clock. And by 9 o'clock, I had to go to bed. Now, I hated bedtime, and I was really afraid of my room because I knew something was happening in that closet. You know, even at five years old, I was freaked out by my closet. And I always made sure that closet door was shut. This has nothing to do with the story. It has nothing to do with the closet. It just has to do with the fact that I'm very sensitive to paranormal stuff. The closet will come in at another another time. I have many, many stories uh, about the paranormal, but this one is the first one that ever happened to me. So I have this thing that I would do because I hated bedtime so much is I would wait until I thought the coast was clear, which as I thought, you know, after my dad finished making popcorn, was usually a perfect time to get up because you had at least 20, 25 minutes before he was going to get up for the next beer. So my bedroom was at the end of a hall, which two steps to the right of that was the bathroom. And then two steps more, you could stand at the end of the hall and see the TV in the living room and nobody in the living room could see you. So I could stand there and watch TV when I was supposed to be sleeping. And if I heard a chair squeak, I could just turn around and ninja it right back into the bathroom. And there's nothing strange about somebody getting up at night to use the bathroom. So I never got caught peeking at the TV. But this time, I, somebody's chair squeaked, so I ditched it in the bathroom and I actually had to go, so I started to pee, and I heard something at the window. So when I was done, I got into the bathtub, and I opened up the ugly 70s plastic you know, bathroom window curtains. I remember them distinctly. And the bathroom window was frosted glass like you get in a bathroom. So you can't see anything but, you know, through it. You don't, you'll never see anything through it. And when I opened up the window shades, there was two old men's faces. And they weren't just looking at me. They were looking at me sideways like they were Spider-Man hanging off the side of my house with their, you know. And they looked at each other, and then they looked at me, and then they looked at each other again, and then they looked back at me, and they made this horrible, and I flipped out. I screamed and I tripped getting out of the bathtub and my dad got up and immediately ran down the hallway because he uh, thought that I was in my room. So he ran past the bathroom and was looking for me and I'm on the floor in the bathroom. And he said, what's going on? And I said, there were people outside the window. And he ran out there and there was nobody there and there were no footprints in the garden bed that surrounded. It was all fresh dirt in the garden bed because um, it was October, so they had dug up the plants and hoed it and everything like that, and no footprints in the garden bed or anything like that. And there was no way that I was sleeping because prior to that, I was watching TV, and I ran into the bathroom to escape being caught watching TV, so I couldn't admit to that. I just admitted that I was in bed and I had to go pee. <laughs> anyway, long story short, ghosts outside the window... Sheboygan, Wisconsin, take that as you will, but it scared me so much. It is cemented in my memory like it just happened yesterday. And when I walk past that window, 
still when I go to the bathroom in that house, my parents still live there. When I go to the bathroom in that house, I still think about those faces like it was yesterday. It's insane. But anyway, I will call with more if you, uh, if you want me to. I've got many, many stories handed down and personal. Uh, so I'd love to be on the show sometime, perhaps. Yeah, love to hear more of your stories. Well, spooky stuff always happens on Halloween. Yeah, it uh, it does. What are your thoughts on the story? I would not like to see two old men faces <laughs> sideways in my bathroom window. Now, luckily, I have no windows in my bathroom, but all I have is a mirror. That would be horrifying. That would be horrifying. I've uh, I've had moments. I don't I don't know why, but it's I've had spooky moments in the bathroom. Nothing really happening, but just really. When I was younger, we had a really narrow shower. I mean, it was like you were, it was like very, very small for a stand up shower. And I think I got a little claustrophobic in there sometimes. Well, that's just claustrophobic. But it was like a weird, it was almost like a small panic attack, but it stopped. It only had it like once or twice. I'm like, that was weird. Um, But uh, yeah, I think, you know, kind of places like that, you already kind of are a smaller, I don't know, unease. And then. You have that appear. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's creepy. 855-853-4802, our phone number to share your real ghost story with us or write in at realghoststoriesonline.com. Hi. Hey, guys, this is Jesse out of Iowa again. Hey, I had a couple things I just want to share. Um, you know, I was, I'm listening to some cool YouTube, uh, you know, true scary stories and uh, some of these stories, you know, one of them was talking about like there's a door without a handle. And it started bringing back these memories. I was in our um, church's abbey one day, and this is not this is not my current church, my older church, I should say, and uh, in the abbey, in the second story of the, of the abbey, which is more like, you know, the pastor's house, there's this gigantic black leather padded door with the doorknob in the center. And I've only seen that twice. And, it, you know, it's such a bizarre thing to go to a any church-affiliated building and I remember they they just give me a tour because I'd never been in the abbey before this was only a few years ago and because they were remodeling for the new pastor I was moving in and they opened the door I had the most just dark oppressive feeling in that room and the lights were all on there were bright lights but the room just had a dark feeling to it and I'm like what the hell and I didn't say anything because the church I used to attend is pretty old school you know and uh they don't really pay attention to that kind of stuff. So I kept it to myself. <laughs> I was like, what in the hell is with this church? And I remember seeing doors like that before uh, at, at one of my aunt's house. And they were remodeling their house. And this is really kind of an odd house, but they were trying to make it beautiful into the, the house they wanted. And, and how they were doing it was giving this building a lot better look. But down in the basement, like my aunt was giving me a tour. And again, that, a door all that similar style was there too. And again, had the same feeling. And I'm just like, do you guys remember seeing any kind of doors like that? You know, I mean, I know you guys were more born in the eighties, but was that like a 60s, 70s thing to do for certain rooms for, for certain reasons? It, it just, you know, it's like horror movie, like door style, big padded leather with a doorknob in the middle. I, I mean, I just, it, to me, when I see something like that, I, I think they're trying to hold like a, a little Michael Myers behind the door or Jason Voorhees. I don't break out. I mean, that's the only thing come to mind. Why would you have such a big 
freaky door like that, you know? And on a lighter note, as the before I hang up, um, I've been having a really cool experience. It's really, really small, maybe not even ghost-like, but, uh, you know, this time of year, I, I work in the timber, and uh, I redo a lot of uh, weed tree removal, which means I just take trees that aren't very productive in the timber, nothing for wildlife use, and, you know, make room for new oaks, new hickories, new even, you know, pine trees to come up in that. And I always pray before I go out because I, I've had an accident before where I had my teeth knocked out by a, a tree. So I'm very cautious, but also, you know, I uh, always have to pray for protection. And as I'm out there, yeah, I'm running chainsaw. There's this little songbird that follows me. And he just, he's within a few feet of me. And to me, it's, I don't normally see that. Normally birds stay away from the loud sound of the chainsaw me you know, lunking around the woods, but this bird just follows me around and isn't afraid of me at all. It's like, that's, that's just kind of neat. You know, I, I don't know. It's just, that bird's like my little buddy. I see him out there every day, all the time. He just pops in throughout each round. It just, I don't know. It just made me think of all the uh, cool animal stories of people uh, calling the share. And I just, I share those things. But anyway, I appreciate it guys. Love the show and uh, keep it the great work. Thanks again. A little songbird that just follows you around while you're cutting down trees. I like that. I do too. I wish I had a songbird that followed me around when I was cutting down trees. We, I don't really cut down trees though. We have cardinals that poop on your truck. I think that's good enough. That's true. We do have the cardinal poopers. <laughs> and um, I love cardinals. I think they're really cool. I, I've never seen so many cardinals in my life. We have like a family of them that lives out back. Oh, we have more than a family. We have like a whole village. Yeah, you're probably right. It's more of a village of it, like uh, growing up. Robins were the bird that I would see all the time. I'm seeing cardinals like that now. And either there's a lot of messages for me or there's a village of cardinals down the way. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they every time I, my my vehicles, I can't wash them fast enough because they're right there and you get to the door. It's like, oh, I see someone was visiting today. And but, then can I share the car wash story? The car wash story? Oh gosh, yeah. So yeah, this was this was fun. I'm not gonna say the name of the car wash, or can I? No, we're not gonna say. It. Okay, but we were at a car wash, and uh, we were just talking about bird poop. This is the one thing that they would not get off of our truck. Yeah, so it, it's a car wash where you go in. They have someone there that does the spray the gun thing and try to get like yeah the, excess things off the stuff that the machines aren't gonna get off. And it's how these car washes work. Fine, cool. I was trying this new one and my vehicle had a lot of like, you know, caked on bird poop from it being hot out and birds. It's <laughs> uh, so, you know, like normal things. And it wasn't like I'm bringing in a vehicle that's been like in a barn for 10 years. No, I mean, it's a relatively clean vehicle. It's just had a, you know, some bird activity over the last couple of weeks. Uh, so I go through the uh, number one, it took like an, 30 minutes to get my my membership pass uh which was kind of ridiculous but then i i go and i go through and it barely gets anything off and like i go back through again and i see the guy with the gun and i said hey you know i'm coming through again can we really kind of like shoot off the the bird stuff up here hey my job sir and he's got the gun that like shoots the water and he's like shooting my car i'm like what do you mean like that's there's bird, bird bird poop on my window I'll get paid for that. I'm like, and I'm, are you joking? I, I really didn't know what to say or think. And I just, I said, I, I don't understand. I said, this is a car wash and 
I mean, this is part of washing the car, isn't it? I mean, you're shooting the gun right now. I'll try and do. I'll try and get it. I'll try and get it for you. But that's that's above and beyond. I I was kind of baffled. He so. said he's going above and beyond for using cloth on the. Oh, no, no, you know, you, this is that's part two. Part two. Follow along here, my oh. dear. He just he used the gun first and only did half of my windshield and didn't do a very good job. So I go through again. Still there. Like, all right, we're gonna try a third time. Go through. And he comes back. What now? What now? Like, I don't think I said, I'm, I, am I missing something here? Because I, I, I'm just trying to get the bird poop off my windshield. So I came to the car wash and I, I bought the membership for all the, you know, glitz and glamour extra stuff that you do. Uh, and uh, I, I've gone through three times now. What am I not understanding uh, about this as to why you're getting upset that I'm asking you to help me try and get this off. Well, it's not what we do here. It's a machine that does it all. I said, clearly not because you guys shoot the gun at the car first. And this is a chain. Never other one has ever, ever, I've ever been to in this chain does that. Well, that's not, that's not what I get paid for. I'll go above and beyond. I'll tell you what, I'll get a cloth out and I'll wipe the front of the of it for you. Okay. But I'll tell you what, I'm going above and beyond. Like, is there a manager here? No, they went home for the day. Like, of course they did. And then uh, he goes, Corey, Corey, come on over. And then Corey comes over. And I said, I, I don't know if I'm misunderstanding something here, but this is the third time I've had to come through. I, I'm just trying to get the bird poop off the front of my car. Uh, and, and this gentleman here is telling me it's not his job and he's going above and beyond to do it. And... I don't know. This just feels kind of crazy. Uh, he's like, I don't know. We, what, what do you think? He can he could uh, make up a decision of what to say, of uh, what the answer to that question is, because he needed to check with a manager who wasn't there. What what do you, what do you think Bill would say? Oh, what Bill would say? Oh, just use the rag on it. Okay, I'll use the rag. On it. So they. They came to the, the the collective decision after having to talk uh, and ask why we couldn't do this for about 10 minutes that they would get a rag and just kind of scrub the bird poop off my car at the car wash, which I just paid for and went through three times. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say anymore. Uh, I, it's It's just... It, are, are we all zombies or, or is, is everybody changing here and I'm just having it hasn't hit me yet uh, we went through a weird thing where we're now in the upside down father yeah uh, getting argued at the car wash about trying to just get my car washed I was nice but I was like this is insane um, okay 855-853-4802 our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories online if you'd like to share a real ghost story with us. Hi, let's hear yours. Hi, it's Dagny from Richmond, Virginia. I'll spell it for you. It's G is in David, A, G is in good, and it's in Nancy, walk, Dagny. And um, I'm a proud EPP. I really love it. I've been listening to your podcast for about a year, and I cannot get enough. Um. I'm calling, and if you hear anything in the background, it's probably um, um, Andy Griffith and Mayberry because we're watching reruns, so sorry about that. But uh, I'm calling about my grandfather, who I called Grampy. Um, I loved him very much, and 
as a previous caller told you um, about robins and birds, uh, my grandfather had a special affinity for birds. And in fact, he used to feed them. He went to great lengths to uh, make bird feeders that squirrels couldn't get into. And Tony, I know you've been in a little bit of trouble from some of the listeners in the past about um, possibly shooting at animals. That's okay. My grandfather, hey, he used to shoot at squirrels that would eat the bird's food. He was so angry. So it's okay. Um, I'm calling because about two weeks after my grandfather passed, I had a dream. So this is another one of those dream slash ghost things. Um, So maybe I should be calling your other um, podcast about the dreams, but it it was more of a ghost story. Um, I had a dream that I showed up at um, Golden Corral which my grandfather dearly loved. Kind of funny. He loved an all-you-can-eat brunch. And I showed up there, and I saw him in line at Golden Corral. And I saw him in line with a lot of other people that were related to me and related to him that had passed before him. And I saw them as they had, as they looked when they had passed which is interesting to me because you don't want to think that someone who has been in a wheelchair passes into the next life in a wheelchair. You want to think, like, hey, maybe they get a new chance at, you know, life. But I saw them as I remembered them. And my grandfather saw me, and he said, what are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. You're not supposed to have crossed over into this area. And I said, Grandpa, I just wanted to see you one more time. And he said, sweetie, I will see you again. You have to go back. I love you, and you have to go back. And I said, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. And then it was like I was sucked back into this time, this plane, this whatever. And I woke up the next morning feeling like I had been with my grandfather. And he had told me everything I needed to know. So, what do you think about that? What do your callers think about that? And I love you guys. You make my day. I listen to you all the time at work. I know everybody says that. I mean, I do. I, you're great. Thoughts on that? That man shall not be known as the Bird King. The Bird King. What, what, I'm more, <laughs> what, what I'm more interested in, honestly, uh, more than that, is that uh, there's a golden corral in death. I'm happy about that. <laughs> I think that signifies that you're still able to eat at the golden corral when you're dead. I guess I'm just hoping that um, that you have more options than just the golden corral. I mean, like... I mean, I know it covers, like, every food group, I but... Ho- I hope it has, like... I hope it's, like, a, a very big golden corral that has, like, really good... Too. Is there going to be wait times at the Golden Corral after death? Or? No, it's just the you and me at the Golden Corral. <laughs> for all eternity. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going up for some more uh, chicken fingers again. I hope you never get hungry. How many years have we been here at the Golden Corral? Like <laughs> 7,426. 7, That's nice. That's a long time to be at this Golden Corral, honey. <laughs> Can we try another restaurant? (laughs) 
Oh yeah, I hope there's like that, more. That rest- could that could also be hell. You were stuck in a golden corral <laughs> for all of eternity. I don't see how that's hell. <laughs> all of eternity, you are stuck in the golden corral. I'm like, I'll be over there with a hot fudge thing. I mean, I guess you could just eat and sleep. Hopefully, you can't put on weight because that would be a problem. I'm like, you can't die due to yeah, heart attack in the that's true. heaven or hell. That wouldn't be that bad then if you, if, if weight's not an issue and calories don't count. I hope you know. I, I, hope I you, could enjoy that at the Golden Corral. I hope you never get full when you're dead. And you just keep going. And you just keep It's just eating. an endless buffet. It's just this endless buffet that just goes on forever. And there's like eventually furniture at the Ikea and you're stuck in Ikea running from creatures. <laughs> all sorts of fun things that happen in death. <laughs> Who can wait? Uh, all right. That's going to wrap up today's episode of the program. If you like the show, keep us on the air. Become an extra podcast person. Sign up at ghostpodcast.com or patreon.com slash real ghost stories. Get access to all the bonus episodes, advanced episodes, and more. Check it out. Ghostpodcast.com. Until next time, for Harper and everyone else at Real Ghost Stories Online, I'm Tony Bruschi. Thanks for listening. <laughs>